Okay, so this week begins with Moshe Rabbeinu guiding the Jewish people and telling them, this is what you guys need to do. Six days you should work, and the seventh day is Shabbos. So the Gemara learns out the, the, the number of things that are prohibited to do on Shabbos from the words that Moshe uses when he gives him the commandment of Shabbos. Says, he says, these are the things that Hashem commands you to do. So the Babylonian Talmud learns from the word these that there are 39 things which are prohibited. How does the word these indicate 39 things? The word these is numerically equivalent to 36. Aleph is 1, Lamed is 30, Hey is 5, is 36. And the word Hadvarim, things, equals 3. Why is it equal 3? Davar is a thing. Dvarim is things. That means 2. And the extra Hey, Hadvarim, teaches us that there are 39 things that are prohibited to be done on Shabbos. That's what the Babylonian Talmud says in Shabbos. There's also the Jerusalem Talmud. The Jerusalem Talmud says that the reason why there are 39 things prohibited on Shabbos to be done is because the name Malachas is because the word Eila itself is connected to 39. How is Eila 39? In the Hebrew, the letters He and Ches are inter- interchangeable. You could switch a He for a Ches. They're, um, the various... Um, Everything in the Hebrew is very precise. It's a holy tongue. It's not just every other, every other language is called Lashon Askami. Every other language is a language based upon agreement. There are um, what's, et- etymological reasons for why this is a table and this is a phone. But going back to the source of those etymological reasons back in Latin or wherever, it's still an agreement. We are going to agree that this is called a table and this is called a phone. Unlike in Hebrew, every word Every letter is precise and has intrinsic meaning. It's called the Lashon It's called the Holy Tongue. It's godly. So, so the, the letter He is equal to 5. Letter Ches is equal to 8. So if you were sw- to switch the He with the Ches, so Aleph is 1, Lamed is 30, Ches is 8, that equals to 39 Malachas. Okay, that's great. So since the He can be switched with the Ches, so therefore they are... Um, Blake is still wondering where, where does this come from? What, what, what? Yeah, I'm trying to also remember also uh, when we were talking about the difference between languages and people. I know this is precise, precisely what it means. What does it mean? That means that the Baal Shem Tev says, for example, that the name of each thing is its godly energy. So, so, it, so, so, it's, so it's not, like by every other thing, first there is the thing, and then there, there's its name. In Hebrew, First there's the name, then there's the thing. First Hashem decided the word para, and from the word para, the word cow, that's what causes creation, the word, creation of the actual cow. One of the reasons why a ches and a hey are interchangeable is because they both come from the throat. Hey and ches come from the throat. There are five places in the mouth where sounds come from, and a hey and a ches come from the same place. Okay, so they're interchangeable. But... Just saying they're interchangeable doesn't really fully address the reason why it's possible to switch the hay and the ches in this instance. Why not? Because here, we're not just using the pronunciation of the ches. 
Here we're using the number of the ches. The number ches is eight. The number hey is five. How can you say five is switched with eight? You could say hey is switched with ches in the pronunciation, in the pronunciation, and the word, and the syntax, and the in the meaning. But here, the Torah clearly puts the letter hey. So how are you switching the hey of the ches? There must be something how about the hey and the ches, how they relate to the work that's prohibited to on Shabbos, and how that somehow um, allows us to transpose the hey with the ches in this scenario specifically. So to understand this, we have to first explain hey and ches. So there is a word that has a hey and a ches in it, or one word which has a hey in it, one word that has a ches in it, and they're very different. The word matzah has a hey, and the word chomitz has a ches. The difference in matzah and chomitz, that's all there is, hey and a ches. Mem tzadik is the same, and the difference is hey and a ches. Also in the composition of matzah and chomitz, they're the same composition. Matzah and chomitz are both made out of flour and water. The difference between matzah and chomitz is that chomitz is blown up, and... Uh, and matzah is thin. Matzah alludes to the idea of bittel, the idea of humility. And chametz alludes to the idea of arrogance. The chametz is blown up. It's, it's not that there's some intrinsic difference that chametz has and matzah doesn't. It's more that chametz makes itself to be greater than matzah. Not because of something that it intrinsically has, but because of what it, the way it views itself. In the Gemara... When it talks about people making big mistakes in their life and going down the wrong direction, the Gemara uses this expression. There was, a, there was Yankel before he became Chametz, and there was Yankel after he became Chametz. The, the words that are used to describe a person becoming, living a lifestyle that's untoward is Chametz. Arrogance is, it says in Chesidus these words, Ich. Ich means I. I, the I, is a source of all kinds of evil. And there's two reasons why the I contributes to all kinds of evil. First of all, if you're not so into yourself, so then if you want something, it's not so loud, it's not so pronounced, it's not so, you know, it doesn't take so much space if you're not so into yourself. If you're not so self-absorbed, into your own desires, so you want it. So you won't have it today. It's okay. You're, you're able to handle that. But if you are very self-absorbed and you're very conscious and you feel yourself and what you want, so then when you want something, you want it with a full power and, and, and therefore you, you feel that desire that, to, that, that desire can lead you to, to override things that you know to be true and correct, to override your principles. It could blind you because your desire for whatever it may be, that could blind you to justify why it's okay. In other words, first of all, if you don't have such arrogance, you're not so prone to make so many mistakes because you don't feel your desires as much. You don't consider your desires to be as important. I want, so I want. But if you feel like, I want, because I want, then move out of my way. And a similar thing happens after the mistake is made. After the mistake is made, so someone has arrogance, what do they say to themselves after they make a mistake? Last night, my family wanted to go uh, shopping somewhere, and uh, 
there was a, it was it was a lady who would come out of the store with like ten boxes of of clothing, <laughs> and the guy in the store chased after her. And at first she was farther away, but eventually he closed in on her and he, and he caught up to her. Her response wasn't of shame. Her response was, "How dare you take this away from me?" <laughs> then, when you're when you're full of arrogance, you justify everything. You justify and you say, "It's not. It's not that I that I that I, I deserve this. This is supposed. To, this is the way it's supposed to be." You, it, it, you, or if you if you acknowledge guilt, it's more like, "This, this is not. This is because of Yankel. I did this because because his fault. He caused me to do this. Uh, it was because of." Whatever circumstance it may be, you, you, you attribute the circumstance. You don't attribute. It, you don't. You don't. You don't take responsibility. If you don't take take responsibility. It's very very hard to do teshuva. The Gemara says a story about Lezman Nedaya. Lezman Nedaya was someone who did terrible things, and eventually he um, uh, came to the conclusion that he wanted to return to Hashem. But in his final words in, in, in on Earth. He had this this interesting conversation, which is very deep. He says, um, "Heaven and earth help me." He said, "Have father and mother help me, sun and moon help me." And each of the things that he asked to help him said, "We can't help you." What the Talmud means, according to one interpretation, is, "Husband Adaya realized he made a lot of mistakes in life." So first he says, you know why this happened to me? It happened to me because of my environment, heaven and earth. It was because of the circumstances in which I was born, because of the friends that I had, because of the influence of the people and my school and my... They said, we can't help you. This is not because of us. There's somebody else over here that's responsible. So he says, father and mother, my parents, we can't help you. He says, sun and moon, all alluding to his ancestors and his environment and the circumstances that he lived in, and finally he says, Ein This only depends on me and me alone. And once he said that, then he, the Talmud says, uh, he put his head between his legs, he, he bent down, started to cry, and with that feeling of teshuva, his soul left him. And Rabbi said, when after he passed away, it's possible for a person to merit to go to the world to come in one moment. So, what allowed him to really do teshuva was taking responsibility. But if you have arrogance, you never take responsibility. First of all, again, you're going to make mistakes because you are, you, you are very conscious of your desires. And second of all, after you, you indulge in whatever gratification that you seek, you, you further justify why it was warranted and therefore it's very, very hard to do teshuva. This has to do also with the shape of letter He and the shape of letter Ches. The, both the ches and the hay have the opening of the bottom. The opening of the bottom is connected to Hashem's warning to Cain. Hashem told Cain, which means sin crouches at the door. And it's, it's, it's not making a mistake is very, very close. It's right at your door. Maybe doing lots of great things, but sin is crouches at the door. It's, it's, it's within your reach always to make mistakes. But there's a difference between the hay and the ches. The difference is that the ches on the top is closed, which represents how if you are a ches person, if you're an arrogant person, you can never do teshuva. How can you do teshuva? You're always justifying yourself why you're right. That's number one. Number two, uh, um, 
on the other hand, I'm sorry, the letter hey has little opening on the top. The hey and the ches both have a wall, a, a right leg and a left leg, and a roof. It's just that on the letter hey, there's a little opening between the roof and the left leg. That little opening means that it's possible to ascend. Unlike the letter ches, if you're standing in the letter ches, there's no way to go, no, no way to do shuv. You can't do shuv if you're a ches. I don't know uh, where this expression comes from, but in Yiddish, it's an expression called a ches. A ches means something which is taboo, something which you cannot do. I wonder if it has to do with, with, the, with the word chametz and matzah, I have no idea. But ches is an expression for something which is like, don't go there, XXX. Okay, so. As opposed to what? Letter hey. Well, maybe ches to with chet. Could that's the reason why that. There's a Yiddish expression, I'm not sure. Could that's with chet, I'm not sure. Anyways, getting back to our subject. Letter ches, letter ches. In Yiddish, letter ches is a word. Letter ches means something which is taboo. Might be because ches is an acronym for hate, or it might be because ches is the letter ches itself is, is, is a source of all evil. The I is a source of all evil. So, getting back to our 39 malachas, the Gemara says that the Mishkan was built through 39 different kinds of work. And whatever was done in the tabernacle, those 39 items that were done to create the tabernacle, those very same items are the things that were forbidden to do on Shabbos. What does that mean? What does that tell us? What's the connection between the things that were forbidden to do on Shabbos and the 39 things done in the Mishkan? What's, what's going on? The 30, why are there 39 things that we use during the week to earn a livelihood? Why did Hashem ordain that these 39 acts are done during the week when you're trying to earn a livelihood. It's because they create a mishkan. Just like there is one mishkan that the Jewish people are praying with inside of when they're traveling in the desert, they're offering sacrifices to Hashem in the desert, so too Hashem wants the whole world to become a mishkan. He wants the whole world to become a tabernacle for him. And because of this, Hashem ordained that every one of us has to do various things during the week a livelihood. The goal is that we should use those items that Hashem has given us and to make a tabernacle, make something holy out of those things. As the Torah says, In all your ways, you must know Hashem. Whatever you're doing, you have to know Hashem. So what's left now to explain is why in the Torah it says, with a hey, and the Talmud interprets this as a ches. It's written as a hey and therefore it equals to 36. And the Talmud says, no, don't put the letter hey there, put a letter chaser. Instead, says the Jerusalem Talmud, and now it equals to 39. What does that mean? How could they both be right? How could it be both a hey and the ches? So now we know. When you are involved in those 39 items during the week, there is the way the thing naturally feels, and there is what Hashem wants you to make out of it. When you, the, what, what, what's, the common denominator of all the 39 malachas, all the 39 things that are forbidden to on Shabbos, as some uh, codifiers of halacha, some poskim have said, is that they're all about creating something. So when you accomplish something, you, there's a natural tendency to feel that my strength and the power of my hand, that's what causes success. It's because of me. So you're involved in all these 39 things. And you feel a sense of achievement, a sense of accomplishment in an unhealthy way. These things naturally contribute to your arrogance. They're, they're, they're physical, coarse things. 
that naturally bring you down and naturally bring you to have this sense of self, naturally conceal godliness and make you feel yourself more. They're naturally chesi things. They're very chesi. They naturally make you feel like, look at me, look what I did. So, so Hashem tells us that we have to change the ches into a hey. We have to take these same items which are prone to make us feel ah, I accomplish this because I'm so smart I accomplish this because I'm, I'm, so, I'm so brilliant to change the ches into the hey and instead of uh, feeling our power what we're doing but to realize that nothing happens by itself and anything that happens in the world is only and solely because of Hashem because of Hashem's divine providence that, that's why anything happens not just not just the, the orchestration of the events that causes the various things to happen, but the very stuff that anything in the world is made of is constantly, as the Baruch Shem says, that the words of Hashem are what sustain and create and vivify every single creature, every single moment. So the exercise that Hashem is giving us in this week's Torah portion is, is He tells us there are 39 things. And these 39 things are the way to make a tabernacle. These 39 things are what's forbidden to do on Shabbos. You have to do them during the week. And they're prone to naturally bring you down. They're prone to naturally make you think that you're the one who's doing it. And your Aveda is to transform the ches into the hay. Because only, only if you feel that what you're doing is from Hashem, is it possible for it to become a tabernacle for Hashem. It cannot be a tabernacle for Hashem if you feel your 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 input into it. If you feel that it's you doing it, it will not become a tabernacle for Hashem. In order for it to, 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 to have that holiness in, to, in it, there needs to be this sense it's not you. You have this sense that it's, it's the Abish, or the idea of, of, the, of the letter hey. So that explains why the Gemara says a hey could be transformed into a ches, and we're specifically we're talking about the 39 malachas, the 39 things which are which create the tabernacle for Hashem. They're naturally chesi, and Hashem tells us to, to, to make a tabernacle out of them, and to make the ches into a hay. Any questions or comments or criticism, tomatoes or cucumbers? One more thing about the, about the hats, about the ches. Uh, could you start with how we, how we establish it? Thank you so much. How the hat starts off, how we start off with the idea that it was uh, self Absorbed and also. Uh, matzah, matzah. Oh, this is out. This is out. What? This is it. This is it. It's the matzah.